When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Den of Geek Presents Marvel Stand and Live, where each week we give you the deepest possible dives on all the goings on going woof on all the goings on in the MCU, Marvel Comics, and beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Cicchini, and this week we'll be talking about sense and nonsense, like Moon Knight Episode 5. I will do my very best to only say nice, relatively non-confrontational things about this episode just like the true hero of this series, Dr. Arthur Harrow, did this week. Anyway, with me for all time and always, we have Denny Geek TV editor Alec Bajalin and Denny Geek News and Features editor Kirsten Howard. And once again, we have returning special guest, pop culture writer and Denny Geek contributor Joe George. How's everybody doing? Great. How does Joe graduate from special guest? Uh, you got to do like 10 in a row, I think. So like, uh... we have an elaborate... as long as I'm still special, I'm okay with that. Uh, we have an elaborate <laughs> hazing ritual. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Kirsty, why don't you tell us what happened this week? I will try. In the fifth episode of Moon Knight, Stephen and Mark have to balance the scales of justice in the realm of the Duat as they make their way to the afterlife. The scales don't balance the duo will be lost to the duet if they do they will spend eternity in paradise sounds pretty good uh, but as Stephen and mark explore mark's repressed memories in the psychiatric hospital mark realizes he must truly connect with Stephen to understand how he ended up there unfortunately balancing balancing the scales also appears to mean losing Stephen to the duet Meanwhile, Mark talks to Harrow in another version of the hospital as the good doctor tries to find a way to get him back on track. This was, uh, this was a pretty packed episode. And uh, while I'm not quite ready to offer my apologies to Joe for my criticisms of last week's episode, um, I do think this is the best episode of the series. Um, you know, so where did everybody else fall with this one? Joe, why don't you start us off as our resident Moon Knight defender? Yeah, good episode. Uh, I don't I mean not going to blow anybody's mind by saying that. Um, missing Layla, but outside of that, it was. Um, I, I appreciate the deep dive into Mark and Stephen's psyche. Uh, didn't necessarily need everything explained, but I was glad that we got those. A lot of opportunity for uh, Oscar Isaac to do some different types of acting. And of course he killed it just like you would expect. The only real criticism, I mean, let me say this. I like how it's still kind of laying in the uh, ambiguous territory and it's making me hope that it's not gonna immediately explain everything that's going on, that we're gonna kind of stay questioning for the last episode. But um, uh, outside of Tawarit, I'm gonna pronounce that name wrong every time. I loved all the rest of this episode. All of it really worked for me. How is it pronounced? <laughs> does, anyone, 
Has anyone right. been paying attention? <laughs> it feels like there's like six syllables in the way that they're pronouncing it. And I can't get my head around that. So sorry, dumb Midwestern accent. I can't pull it off. I've been saying towerettes, which I'm pretty sure is, is vastly wrong. Juot, the Egyptian underworld. This is Tawerit, goddess uh -huh. of women and children. Alec, you were my fellow uh, hater last week uh, and in previous weeks. Did episode five, uh, did episode five make a little sense of the nonsense for you? Well, yeah, we've been partners in hate for a long time now. Um, but so, I mean, you guys are right. Like episode five is probably the best episode. Um, the, the issue for me though, is that I feel like the previous four kind of lost me so thoroughly that episode five doesn't have that big of an impact one way or another. I mean, we've seen two thirds of the series up until this point and the two thirds uh, kind of turned me off the whole project enough that there wasn't much that episode five could do to reel me back in. Uh, but at the very least, it was a more interesting watch than what I'm used to uh, with this show. The uh, the Egyptian elements here, I feel like, finally come across as like really cool, as opposed to kind of shoehorned in. Uh, another thing that I really like this time around is whatever uh, technical aspects or tricks they're using to get two Oscar Isaacs on screen at once is completely seamless. I think it's a credit to. Um, kind of the production staff there and just Oscar Isaac's performance that those Steven and Mark are incredibly distinct. Uh, and it's not even until after the episode that I even, that I even realized like, Oh wait, that was like one guy just talking to himself the whole time. But yeah, I mean like other things, it's nice to have uh, some pieces of Mark's origin story in place. You know, he has mommy issues, uh, issues of violence, probably low self-esteem it's just that, like, you know, we've seen that before. We've seen a lot of things on Moon Knight before. I'm glad it's here. I'm glad they did it. It was probably the best episode overall, um, but I would describe it as too little, too late to avoid my wrath. Yeah, I I kind of got that sense myself where I'm like, this is really good. And it also, it looks great. Like, it looks really, really good. It's probably the best looking episode of the series as well. But in a lot of other ways, I find myself being like, like, this is the best hospital food i've ever had or whatever you know what i mean where it's like like i can only kind of judge this on the basis of the rest of the series and uh you know it's and and once again it is frustrating because we get these tantalizing glimpses of just like the greatness that i think is you know that could have been there you know and there were a lot more of them this episode i thought the stuff that dealt very directly with the comic book origin of uh, of, Mo of Mark Spector into Moon Knight was really great, you know, and it's like it's like they could have they could have hit this stuff harder, and it, and I think it would have been really effective. Uh, Kirsty, however, wrote a glowing review of this episode, which you absolutely should go and read on DennyGeek.com/Marvel right now. Uh, Kirsty, why don't you take us through some of your thoughts on the episode? Because I think you were higher on this than just about anybody else, and you are the Moon Knight expert. Um, I feel like we have seen the unravel the mystery through a journey through the protagonist trauma trope many, many times. Um, I feel like it works here and, you know, that it could have not worked here, but it did. The, 
We also got um, some background on uh, Mark being Jewish. I've seen some reactions on Twitter that it didn't do that very well. I'm not an expert on it, so I can't speak to that myself. But so we have all these elements now of Moon Knight that are from the comics and they are juggling them on screen. And I was saying earlier to someone else that Moon Knight is kind of like that game you play where you fold a piece of paper up like many, many times and one person draws, yes, exactly, Alec, <laughs> exactly like that. One person draws a head, another draws a body, another draws the legs and another person draws the feet. And then you open up the piece of paper and see what kind of weird creature you've created. Every writer's take on Moon Knight has brought such a unique thing about him to the canon that what we're dealing with now is like, you know, he's the avatar of Khonshu, he's a mercenary killer, he has DID, he's Jewish, etc. There's all these things about him that make him stand out. Um, I don't envy these people trying to make all that work on screen. The fact that this show makes it work as well as it does, even though it's a hot mess, like arguably, uh, I think is an achievement. And um, this episode proved that it could make all those elements gel together, uh, especially a lot better than it has in the previous four episodes. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's tough for me to argue with that. I mean, look, clearly, you know, throughout this, I think our, you know, some of our more vocal criticisms, especially me and Alec, we've been in the in the minority here. You know, obviously, uh, Joe and Kirsty like the show a lot more, and our audience, like the overall Marvel fandom and any geek audience, is way higher on this show than I've been. And you know what, folks, like what you like. What can I say? I just still continue to see missed opportunity after missed opportunity here, and and like you know some some bizarre choices being made. But, you know, that being said, there is still, you know, enough to, you know, I felt myself drawn back in, whereas last week I was ready to give up, you know, and some of the, some of the kind of tantalizing elements that I think we're missing is the way they are teasing the Jake Lockley author continues to fascinate me. And I'm pretty sure we actually saw Jake at least once, if not twice this episode. You know, my my theory here is the first time we are dealing with Mark and Dr. Harrow and Mark has like a broken nose, like a boxer and he's all beat up. And, you know, right before he's about to attack Harrow in particular, his demeanor changes and Oscar takes on like an almost kind of De Niro-esque, like he kind of makes like a De Niro slash Sean Penn scowl, you know, the type, right? Like... I don't know that that was Mark because later in the episode, when we return to that scene, you know, because remember Mark then gets, uh, you know, gets, gets a, a needle in the neck for his troubles there. When we return to that later, his face is clear, you know, and he's like, did you drug me? And it's right. And that's before Steven takes over. So that tells me that I don't think that was Mark at the start of the episode. I think that was Jake. And my other suspicion is that I think that was Jake uh, getting drunk in front of uh, Mark's mother's Shiva. Uh, and, you know, you see there's a yellow cab in the background of that scene. 
Um, you know, so like it's never explicit that it's that it's Mark there before Stephen takes over. So I don't know. Uh, it's 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 interesting. It's curious. But how do you resolve this with only one episode to go? I wondered the same thing, especially the um, the the shot outside of the Shiva and the least populated street in Chicago, apparently. <laughs> but <laughs> um, especially since the two of them look at that and say, you know, I don't I don't remember that. Um, and I do have that same question. You know, I don't necessarily need an explanation for the purpose of each of the identities. Uh, you know, but. Now that we've got one for Steven's purpose, it's it's it, it is a big question for who Jake is and what is it why did Mark create him? You know, especially if he is the more violent fighter. Um, why did he create that identity and how was that gonna jive with uh Mark the mercenary? You know, if he had to offload all of his if he had to secure all of his innocence in the form of Steven it doesn't make sense that he would also need to offload all of his awfulness uh, onto Jake if um, if Mark himself was fairly awful. And it's not, again, I don't necessarily need them to answer that question, but because they sort of raised the issue in this episode, now I'm wondering it. You know, I wasn't wondering it with the first four episodes, but now I am. And I'm trying not to judge the entire show for how it can stick a landing that we haven't seen yet. But boy, that is a nagging question, isn't it? I think we might might want to allow for the possibility that there is no Jake. Because um, I know that the show is it appears to be speaking on a, a comic reader wavelength that I just can't, I'm incapable of picking up on. Because for like, you know, the second time in as many weeks, you guys are talking about this Jake. And I'm like, who is this guy? I'm not, I'm not picking things up like, you know, with mark's destroyed face it just made sense to me that you know mark got into the, a scuffle with um some of the orderlies uh i'll defer to you guys on that one like i won't be shocked if there's a jake i will say also that it, i think something we talked about last week appears to have been shot down in which we thought that maybe it was jake that uh killed layla's father but based on that memory which could be biased because it is coming from mark and we have one episode to go uh, you know, he makes mention of his CO Bushman bringing him out there and going uh, nuts and killing everybody. And the evidence we have on hand seems to support that theory. So I am not 100% on all this Jake stuff. But then again, um, I think it just seems like a lot of stuff in the show is going over my head anyway. So I'm not the best source to trust. You know, I did like that theory a lot last week. And I genuinely did think that was where they were going. And instead, we got a pretty traditional interpretation of you know the actual origin story which is fine which is like totally fine like i'm not um you know but that is a change that would have been pretty drastic and it's a change i would have been cool with had they decided to do it yeah bushman is a um a tough character not exactly the most sensitive <laughs> um portrayal uh so i i understand why they've cut a lot of him out they are missing uh, sorry to go straight to the comics again, Alec, but they are missing. He has giant jaws from, you know, uh, James Bond type teeth. And that's in the comic, how he kills Mark is by, you know, biting. I, th I think, is he shoot him or bite him? Now I'm missing. He at least bites oh. one person with his giant steel teeth. And that's totally missing. We could have used that. But overall, I don't see how you pull off Bushman unless you do like a full-on Shang-Chi uh, type Mandarin where you get just an amazing actor who's able to, 
bring that humanity and life to a st racist stereotype, which is kind of what he is in the comic. Uh, but still, we're missing a little bit of coolness and the over-the-topness, but maybe maybe it's better that we don't have it. Yeah, I mean, Bushman's a very problematic villain and always has been. So if this show just dismisses it with, you know, oh, well, my partner Bushman did that, then that's fine. We don't need to see any more, do we? We've got it. You know, I, I don't know how much we should really deal with the childhood elements of it because... I mean, frankly, I don't know how interesting that is. Like, I, I really don't. Um, but I think in terms of, sorry, like how this deviates from the comics, it is pretty significant, you know? Um, and th now we're getting into areas of the comics that even I'm not familiar with. You know, all I knew as somebody who's read my fair share of Moon Knight comics, but not, uh, not an exorbitant amount, Mark's father was a rabbi, and his alienation from his family came from a conflict with his father, you know, who expected him to, you know, who expected Mark to follow him into, you know, into the into the study of the Torah. And, you know, they've they've gone a completely different route here, um, you know, and made this about a lost brother and, you know, issues with his mother. Uh Kirsty or Joe, is any of that at all? Like, you know, did Mark even have a brother in the comics or is this just like a complete... Oh, yes. <laughs> but if you bring Mark's uh, brother up with Moon Knight comics fans, you'll get your ass kicked, probably. <laughs> he's, oh, really? he's not a popular character. No. Oh, go um, on. No, I'd rather not. <laughs> I just, I just I'm said I'm going to get my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just told you, man. Um, no, so yeah, Mark's trauma in the comics mainly comes from his dad's friend who turns out to be um, like an escaped... Joe, you can correct me if I get any of this wrong, but like an escaped Nazi who is also a serial killer and Mark finds out that he... <laughs> Yes, yes, that he um, was has been involved in all this really horrific stuff and it kind of, um, yeah, traumatises him at a younger age. And um, did I get that right, Joe? I honestly can't remember much. This is the Bemis run, right? Or Bemis? We can't <laughs> I, pronounce anything around here. Nothing. I, I think so. That that doesn't, I didn't get a chance to rewatch or to reread anything before, uh, between watching the show and getting this. So that all jives with my memory. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know in the comments if we if you're a comic <laughs> reader and we've glossed over some stuff there. Yeah, but I, 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 I'll take the hit for talking about Randall. Randall Spector is almost like the the everything that Kirsty just said about the kind of misshapen version of Moon Knight's uh, canon and lore, because he he shows up once as Hatchet Man, <laughs> but then it turns out that you know he's Hatchet Man. He's like this. Uh, it's basically a straight-on slasher version of a, a Moon Knight story that happens in in the Hulk magazine when they were trying to do kind of more horror-style thing to spin off the TV show. And then they do this weird thing where they're like, well, no, that's not actually Randall. It's somebody else who got plastic surgery to look like Randall who got <laughs> mangled because of a grenade that Mark threw. And then Randall keeps coming back as variations of Moon Knight, um, like... Uh, he's called Shadow Knight, I think, most recently, but he has another one where he's like Moon Shadow or Night Shadow or something <laughs> like that. He's just, it's its its how Moon Knight comics go. They just kind of make it up and one writer jumps up and they're like, hey, we've, 
we're gonna bring Randall in. He's gonna be this totally different character. And we just kind of go with it because that's what it means to read Moon Knight comics. That's right. So, aren't you missing out, Alec? Don't you want to jump in on this? I don't know about all this Moon Knight nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, like, I honestly, I feel like um, the gulf between my expectations for what something was going to be and then what I eventually got may have never been more vast than in Moon Knight. <laughs> because like i don't i don't i don't re i read some comics but like more importantly than that like i'd like to think i keep up to date with stuff like i can't help it because i'm surrounded by these nerds like all <laughs> so like i like to feel like i have like a rough understanding of what's going on in the comic world and like who characters are and like all i heard about this moon knight fella was that he was so cool he was like like lightly fourth wall breaking at times funny an investigator like batman and there's like all I'm hearing, all I'm getting through this show and what your guys' description of the comics, just this weird, sullen freak that is not appealing to me at all. <laughs> like, I don't know about this whole enterprise. Maybe Moon Knight was just never going to hit with me. I mean, you know, it does it does make me wonder here. What is what is this show ultimately about? Because to me, and this has been my problem from episode one, Moon Knight in as much as he's even in this show, like Mark Spector is a character that things happen to, like the the alleged protagonist of this show still has not actually driven the narrative forward at any point, as far as I can tell. The only actual character with agency is the one that we didn't even see this episode with Layla, you know? So like, I'm still struggling to, to figure out like, what what is this show about? Joe, do, do you can can you encapsulate this here? Because if I try and do it, I'm gonna fail. And, and Alec is already out. Like Alec's checking out. So. Well, I can I can I can tell you what it's about for me, or at least I can tell you how it resonates with me. Um, that it's it's about a guy who finds out that he's actually a much worse person than he thought he was. You know, um, for me, Stephen is still the protagonist of the story, and you're right. He's something that somebody that that he's somebody to whom everything is happening. Um, but that works for me because he's it, 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 these things are happening to him, but he's also finding out that he's done things, these terrible things. You know, the moment where uh, in this episode where he stops and he says, you know, I thought I was the main one, but you created me um, on, on the surface. That's kind of a goofy line. And I think but I think Isaac sells it well. And what really hits with me at that moment is that, again, that sort of I thought I was one person, you know, um, uh, Stephen thinks that he is a gentle, harmless nerd who is going about his life as a relatively good person. And he kind of has all of these layers uh, ripped off for him where he finds out it's, it's less compelling the whole, you know, Luke Skywalker, Harry Potter, chosen one. This isn't what it is. He doesn't find out that he's actually super special and is actually the most important, coolest person in the world. He finds out he's a horrible person, in fact, and he has all of this awfulness beside him, um, uh, inside of him or next to him. And for me, the, the, the compelling element that's still driving it and making, keeping me interested besides I'm clearly an easy mark for this nonsense um, is this idea that... Um, uh, that 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 Stephen is finding out that those are him. You know, he keeps saying, it, "It is me. This was my body. I have this too." You know, variations of that, which means not only can he do cool stuff like Mark did, but 
that he's done the things that Mark has done. And again, we keep running around to Jake, but I hope if it turns out that Jake is even this more awful version, I think that's only going to accentuate that. So that's what's getting me uh, into it right now. I, I still think that's I still think that's the theme through the first five episodes, but again, that's just for me. So I'd be curious to hear what you guys say. I don't know whether we'll know if, what this show is about until next week. That's my like feeling about it. It's is it, it's still sort of teasing other things going on, you know, ulterior motives and different realities and which one is real and which one means something to us so I don't think we're, we're going to find out if I think about it as like in terms of the structure of a Marvel series um, I did notice with this one that uh, it's a penultimate episode and it is very similar to the penultimate episode of WandaVision in that you know that is when Agatha took Wanda through her past memories to unravel the mysteries of the show and in the next episode Basically, what we got was, you know, after that great installment was just a load of CG bollocks, basically, just people sort of fighting in the sky. And, you know, it, it just didn't, you know, didn't it didn't feel like a great finale after what we'd watched. And so I'm interested to see whether this being possibly the first Marvel series that they have, you know, created after the success of WandaVision, where they've gone, OK, we need a mystery for some episodes then we need some um emotional damage and then we just have a nice big marvel finale and it's uh it's, we deliver what everyone is expecting which is moon knight fighting arthur harrow and saving the world um or whether this show is actually going to go in a different direction and give us something special at the end i'm excited to find out um so you know, fingers crossed that that it does do something different and we don't just get sort of a retread of where we were at the end of WandaVision where maybe the finale was a, a little bit disappointing. Uh, I joked to Kirsty right after this episode, uh, right after I finished watching this episode, I said, I just wanted to slap a VN title card over that final shot, like just to like, <laughs> just like how absolutely infuriating to people would that be if it's like <laughs> Steven's dead and Mark is in the afterlife and the reason is just like the end, you know? And like, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, Mark's journey is not over, but is Steven's? <laughs> no, no, we could mean, like, be cause... that lucky. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be that. Alive. I mean, like, look, I, I, if as Joe very eloquently put about what the show he says is about, but I say is not and should be, Joe should be writing it. <laughs> uh, there is no separating Mark and Stephen. Like, they have to learn to live with each other. It's kind of a a cop out if um, Mark's like sick, he's dead. <laughs> like, I could go on and like do my own thing now i feel like there has to be a big reconciling with the self that's what i mean at least if joe is writing the show that's what the season finale should be all about reconciliation with oneself um i will also say i i would not be opposed to like 
CG bollocks in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first um, time I've heard you say CG bollocks, and I love yeah, it. Won't be the last. Um, <laughs> that sounds like that's, that sounds like one of your alters, like when Alec <laughs> like subsumes a part of his personality and and you know becomes like an Englishman, like he will and appear just... in the world as CG bollocks. Like... <laughs> in the most bone chilling chimney sweep accent you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, governor. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, what the hell was I talking about? Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, like, obviously, there has to be an emotional element. And, like, it, you're right. Like, there's just so much of this finale has to do. And I do hope that part of it is spectacle. Like, I've just gotten such such a little spectacle from this series, aside from this episode with, you know, the boat on in, in the underworld is pretty cool. Uh, but it really cannot be overstated how little actual Moon Knight we've gotten here. To the point where I think my favorite shot in this episode, if not the whole series, is um, when we get to see the first time that Mark suits up, as it were. Like, that's just, like, visually interesting and cool. Um, you know, like, sometimes people say derisively that superhero shows or Marvel movies are, are built to sell action figures. And, like what kid is buying a Moon Knight action figure? Like, if you can't, like, you say that derisively, but, like, at a certain point, it's true. Like, sometimes action figures are cool. And I just feel like Moon Knight can't get, get can't even get that part right. Um, give me a cool-ass Moon Knight action figure in episode six. Yeah, I think it's just because the CG and, and the way those fight scenes have been staged in previous episodes that I'm, like, dreading the idea of getting like a, a massive fight sequence at the end of this like I just as long as it's put together well and it looks good you know I'd probably be all for it I'm trying to imagine what an Ethan Hawke fight sequence would look like at least this character <laughs> like it would be was that episode two where Yoda <laughs> comes out on his cane and then starts jumping around if Ethan Hawke does that in the last episode I would be very happy so maybe it will be that but if I were writing the last episode Captain America would show up and give a speech because I think that's the best way to end Marvel uh Marvel TV shows all I want to see now is like a CG brown sandal to the face like <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Lee back is, every negative thing I said about this show if I get that shot. Lee is absolutely convinced that Harrow is going to turn into a CG crocodile. And, <laughs> you know? I might have a point. <laughs> I think he might be onto something. So I could get behind that. You know? I could absolutely Maybe the crocodile could be wearing little brown sandals, though. <laughs> you guys just aren't thinking big enough is the problem. full of broken glass yes a, a bob dylan loving uh crocodile wearing sandals full of broken glass these sound like grateful dead lyrics actually <laughs> but, um, i'm liking this show more by the moment like i uh you know it's like it's like i just took a hit of salvia and started you know freestyling like this is all right like i'm sorry am i allowed to say that i didn't say that no one here takes drugs. Yes. Yeah. There you go. I solved it. Everything's better now. All right. Well, look, last week I got in trouble for asking everybody for finale predictions, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but what do you want to see? Like, what do you absolutely like? Kirsty wants to see a CG brown sandal to Oscar Isaac's face. <laughs> Joe, what do you absolutely need to see in, in that final episode next week? 
Oh gosh, I don't I don't know that I have a need to see. I have I too fear the end of WandaVision. I thought that was a real bummer, except for the whole ship of Theseus talk. So if they are gonna do, you know, CG bollocks, then they need to also give some sort of conversation so we can have a heart to heart between Steven and Mark. That's great. Um, but I would I, I was I was only half joking when I said that I want Captain America to show up and give a speech because I I do really think that was the only ending to that particular show was him becoming Captain America giving a speech and I'm okay with uh, the finale for these shows to be just conversations. I mean, I, 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 Alex's point is well taken um, that you know fundamentally the thing that draws us to superheroes is. The, the the spectacle you know if we really want deep psychological dives of characters there are other genres that do that much better as opposed to um just kind of uh, uh, uh table setting on the way to the big fight so i hear that but like kirsty said the cg has not been great nor have even many of the physical fight scenes so the thing that has been most interesting to me are is oscar isaac's performance is the layla stuff um the, the acting has been my favorite part of the show so far. So I, I would, I'm hoping that the, the climax involves that, some sort of showpiece for the actors more than it turns into CG nonsense. And if by chance it does turn to CG nonsense, maybe that's what they've been saving all their money for and it's gonna look amazing. And then I'll be happy with that too, but. Alex gonna be like the closing credits. Like that's gonna be his answer. <laughs> Uh, no, I'll be even snottier than that. Um, in the season finale of the television program Moon Knight, I would like to see Moon Knight. You know what? So would I. <laughs> like, I would, I would, you know, I don't want to be a basic bro here, but I would like to see Moon Knight kicking some ass. <laughs> like, I think I would really like to see that. You know what? And like, I, I, I I've talked about, you know, I've begged for spectacle, but like to get Moon Knight, like we don't even necessarily have to be a spectacle. Like let's have like just Moon Knight walking around or like, like Moon Knight, <laughs> like, um, and like Joe, I agree. Like sometimes, you know, spectacle is not warranted. My favorite finale of any of these shows thus far is Loki, which is just a conversation between three people because we got plenty of spectacle beforehand. They built up a believable world. It was you know, more crucially than anything, entertaining up to that point. And they kept the entertainment going with like that really compelling conversation just with a handful of people talking about um, larger than life topics. Uh, but yeah, for the Moon Knight finale, I just, I need Moon Knight. He's been, <laughs> the guy in the costume has been in the series for like all of six minutes. Um, and I would like to see more of him. And then the credits. <laughs> <laughs> In the finale, I'd like to find out um, what Jake's purpose is, like Joe was talking about earlier, like what, what he represents to their identity as a whole. Um, but I'd also like to see if Jake has his own Moon Knight suit. I talked about this uh, earlier on in the day, is that I thought, you know, if this could be a brand new creation for the MCU, when Jake, if Jake has his own appears and has his own suit, then I think I would just be quite happy to see that transpire and to find out what that looks like. And if that's all I get, then 
maybe I can live with it because even though this show has been a hot mess, I would rather watch a hot mess than something that was just kind of by the numbers and didn't try anything or um, wasn't afraid to mess up. So yeah, let's see what happens next week, but maybe we'll look back on Moon Knight a bit more favorably in the rearview mirror than we have as we're going along. I hope you're right. I really do. I hope I've been wrong this entire time. Uh, <laughs> But I think that is it for this week's Marvel Standom, folks. Thank you so much. We will be back again next Wednesday where we'll break down Moon Knight Episode 6 and unpack all the other happenings in the Marvel Universe. Make sure you're subscribing to us wherever you're listening right now. Don't forget to check out our web home of denofgeek.com where you can find all our Marvel and Moon Knight coverage. Drop us a line. Let us know your burning questions and what you want us to cover in upcoming episodes because we're going to have... we're going to have a little time between Moon Knight and Doctor Strange and then Ms. Marvel. So let us know what you want to see. Uh, we are at Marvel Standom on Twitter and Instagram. Give them a follow. You can shout at us there, too. Don't forget, we also have a DC show. So check out DC Standom where you can on all major podcast platforms. Now, if you came in late, You'll be able to watch this entire episode on denigeek.com or at our YouTube home, Denigeek US. Don't forget, you can check out past episodes of Marvel Standard there as well, and also wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you once again to our special guest and regular, Joe George. Uh, we hope to see you again soon. And I mean, we see your byline on Denigeek uh, every single day, so make sure you're reading them, folks. Thanks to our brilliant and patient producer, Andrew Halley, for making us look good and not roasting me this week. Thank goodness, my God. Thanks to Denigeek social media coordinator, Lee Parham, for making sure you all behave yourselves and for uh, helping me out with info when I need it. Special shout out to our podcast producer, Michael R., for making the show sound great. And most of all, thanks to all of you for watching. We love having you. This has been Marvel Standom on the Denny Geek Network. And until next time, remember, folks, we stand together. <laughs> <laughs>